Father God, we thank you just so much for praise, Lord, to, to be a group of people that can come in here, Lord, and pour our hearts out to you, the God of the universe, the creator of all things. And Lord, I just ask that your presence take over, that you'll open our hearts, Lord, you'll open our minds and ears, Lord, because we want to see you, we want to hear you. We want to know you more. We want to love you more. We want to leave here not the same way that we came in, Lord. We want, to, we want a greater understanding, Lord. Revelation that changes our lives and changes the way we live and changes the way we view people. We want to see people like you see people. And Lord, I just ask that you take over the, the words here, the, the message that, that I have and um, just pray, Lord, that, that your spirit is all over it and that you, you fill up hearts and you fill up minds. And it is in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. All right. I'm a little taller than Barb. So, good to see you guys. Good to be back. Um, I was kind of struggling at the beginning of the week with what I was going to talk about, uh, and I kind of went back and read what I read last week and started just kind of thinking of some more things, and um, so I just decided to continue um, the from what I did last week, and I was, you know, kind of struggling, like, Lord, is this what you want me to do, or is this kind of just what I'm coming up with, but as I heard Barb, you know, kind of speak about her Bible study and about the faith and I said, man, faith comes by hearing, and uh, and I and I know now that this is what God um, has for me to say, you know, to the people at Lifeline. And I got to say, sitting back there watching people come in, I'm like, uh, you know, somebody told me, I said, ah, nobody's there in the summer, and I'm like, man, this is nobody. This is awesome. I mean, this is you know, people just keep coming in, and you know, what a blessing just to be able to to, to stand up here and bring the word of the Lord. So. Um, I want to start, um, when I was looking back over my sermon, this is just kind of funny. In uh, Luke 4.24, if you remember what I said uh, last week, he said, Assuredly, I say to you, no prophet's accepted in his own country. And so um, we were sitting there, and uh, my wife and I, we took our kids up to the, the Great Wolf Lodge, and we, we kind of hung out there. But Sunday, um, my, little, uh, my wife and my girl went to the Women's U.S. Open. She's got a hat with, I mean, like the signatures of Paula Creamer and, I mean, all the, 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 the big stars, Stacey Lewis. And, and it was just really cool time that she had last Sunday, and that's why she wasn't here. And my little boy stayed with um, his Nina and Papa. And so, you know, I thought they were going to come to church, but, you know, they didn't come. And my wife said, uh, I heard her ask Jameson, Jameson, why didn't you want to go to church? You know, why didn't you and Nina come? He said, well, I didn't want to have to go listen to Daddy and that boring preaching. <laughs> and I said, assuredly, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. So thanks for that. <laughs> so, um, but last week we talked about whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And, you know, there's a process to that calling. Before you can call, you got to believe. Before you believe, you got to hear. Before you hear, you got to have somebody preach that word to you or tell you the good news. And before you are preached to, somebody had to be sent to you. And we, we talked about that in, uh, in, in kind of detail last week. So if you missed that, you can go, go back and listen to some of that, uh, from last week. But, 
You know, it, G, uh, Paul is writing to the Romans. And, you know, the Romans are needing kind of some convincing because they're hearing from some Jews that, hey, this is just for us. You know, this is just for the Jewish people. This isn't for you. And we talked about how Jesus, you know, right after this went on to tell the Jews, listen, you had Elijah with you. And, you know, he ended up going to a, to a foreigner to, to heal, to, to help her. You know, so there was plenty of people in need right there when Elijah was around, but only this foreigner got blessed. And the same with Elisha. You know, there was many lepers in the land that, that he could have helped if they would just, had just come to him. But he ends up helping Naaman. Um, and he's healing him, a foreigner, of his leprosy. He's trying to say there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. Jesus came, gave his life for all. And so, and, and he goes through this process of the calling. You gotta be sent. You know, somebody's gotta be sent. Somebody's gotta preach. The person sent needs to preach that word. Preach that bold, word boldly. Tell them the good news. And then the person hears. Through hearing, the person believes. And then through belief, the person begins to do what hopefully you and I do daily. We call on the name of the Lord. We call upon Him. And so in Romans chapter 10 verse 15, it says, How shall they preach unless they're sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. So if you are a person who is consistently trying to bring the good news to the lost. You know, not pointing fingers and telling them everything they're doing wrong and condemning them to hell because they don't act like you, but bringing good news, saying, listen, you know, I, I understand what you're going through. I used to be like that, you know, but I gave my heart to the Lord and He's changed me. That is bringing the good news and the more people hear things like that, the more they want what you have. And last week I skipped this because I was kind of running out of time. But every time I read this verse, I think of the song, How Our God Reigns. And, you know, there's some wonderful versions that people have taken the original and, and made it better. Um, but I did want to take the time today so you could hear that original version of the guy that wrote this. And, you know, I just imagine the presence of God that he felt while he was sitting there just reading the Bible, reading through the words, probably reading Romans 10, 15, and 1974, and just saying, you know, Lord, you reign in the presence of God that probably filled his room. So this is the original, um, Our God Reigns. How lovely on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, good news, announcing peace, proclaiming news of happiness, our God reigns, our God reigns. Our God reigns 
despised And we took no account of him Yet now he reigns With the Most High Our God reigns That bruised and wounded him It was our sin That brought him down When we like sheep Had gone astray Our shepherd came And on his shoulders For our shame Our God reigned of those who go out proclaiming that our God reigns. And so what um, Paul does here to the Romans from here on out, after he says, you know, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good news, is he kind of does what I do, you know, when I preach. I like to, to put kind of like a little puzzle of scriptures together. And then come up here and just put it together in front of you. Um, you know, and you know, when I think about how, you know, you, you put a puzzle together so many different ways, you know, you would never do it the same way twice. That's kind of the way a sermon is. You know, that every one is kind of original. Even if I was going to do this again, it would come out different. And so this is what Paul is about to do for the remainder 
of chapter 10. And he starts in verse 16. We start here. It says, but they've not all obeyed the gospel. And, you know, there are plenty of Christians or people at least will say they're Christians. And just like the Jewish people back then and just like Christians today, um, we've not all obeyed the gospel. I can, you know, just like that roller coaster ride, you know, I can, um, I can think of times when I was high on the mountain top. I, you know, felt, you know, really, really close to God and felt like I was doing the things that God wanted. And I've felt really far away from Him down in the valley and feel like I'm not doing the things that He wants to do. Now, they've not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, Who's believed our report? And that comes from Isaiah chapter 53. And it's amazing when you go back and if you read that, who has believed our report? Because 500 years before it happens, he goes into very big detail about how Jesus, who he is and how he's going to give our, our, his life for us. And by his stripes, we're going to be healed and by his wounds i mean it's it's amazing when you go back and you and you read all that who's believed our report i mean he's saying listen isaiah told the jewish people 500 years before it's going to happen that that he's coming and he's going to give his life for us he says who's believed our report and then this is where it goes into what we talked about so then faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the Word of God. And that's what I, what I went into last week. And then here's where I, I love this right here. I hope I can present it like I've thought about it all week. He says, but I say, have they not heard? Didn't they know that there was going to be a Messiah that was going to come for all people, not just for them? He's saying the Jewish people really shouldn't be acting like this because it was foretold. It's been told in the Bible long before by these prophets that they really respect that there is going to become a Savior, a Messiah for all people. It says, but I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed. Now look at this. Their sound has gone out to all the earth and their words to the end of the world. So I thought, whose sound? Whose words who are they talking about when it's when it says their sound and it goes back to this video our god reigns and look at how the video showed that god reigns look at the beauty of his majesty look at the creation and i didn't know that i was taking these pictures that i was going to use these um, but first let me look at let you look at Psalm 19, 1 through 4. This is where this word comes from. The heavens declare the glory of God. And you know, I'm, I see some of y'all, you're posting pictures on Facebook just saying, look at that sunset. Look at that sunrise. And I hope it does for all of you what it does for me. It's like it immediately connects me with God. And I love looking at it, just beauty. I'm like, wow, look at God paint. Look at God's art, artwork. It's declaring the glory of God, not just to Christians. I mean, if I didn't know anything about God, what would I think when I looked up and I saw something that beautiful? I mean, hopefully it would draw me to Him because the heavens are declaring it. The firmament 
shows his handiwork. Keep going. Today unto day, day unto day, utter speech. They're talking to us. They're connecting us with God. And night unto night reveals knowledge that it's not, the sun's not out there 93 million miles away hanging on nothing. I mean, how are we not getting further away? How are we not getting closer? It's amazing. The moon out there controlling these tides 250,000 miles away and it, and it keeps doing, I mean, these things, were they just random? Were they just thrown out at random? Or are the heavens saying, listen, there is one that created these things and he loves you and he's speaking to you. There's no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. It doesn't matter what language you know when you see something that beautiful. You think, wow, God, you're amazing. Thank you. And you care about me and you sent your son to die for me. That's amazing, Lord. Thank you. Their line has gone through all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. In them, he has set a tabernacle. For the sun, their words go to the end of the world. Now, I've been in three different locations the last, uh, the last month. First one, we went to Holden Beach, and this is the first picture right here, uh, from Holden Beach. Just looking out, and you know, my little, uh, iPhone picture doesn't really do it, uh, justice, but we were just riding back, and the Lord, I mean, you know, I'm getting away from school, I'm kind of getting away from everything, and it's like, I see that. On the first evening that we're there, and I'm just like, oh, wow. And, you know, the Lord's like, I love you. You know, just relax. You know, enjoy the beach. Enjoy my creation. And I love hearing God speak like that. The next one comes from when we went up to uh, Great Wolf Lodge. Um, I think we were leaving Olive Garden. And uh, I just looked, and I just saw, you know, how that cloud just perfectly split the sun, and I'm just like, immediately, you know, I mean, I was thinking about how awesome my Olive Garden meal was, and then just right there, bam, connection with God, and I'm sitting there like, thank you, Lord, thank you for sending that, thank you for feeding me, thank you for my health, it just erupted me into praise, and I hope this kind of thing does the same thing for you, and then my last picture, this was from Friday night, just sitting out on the dock uh, with my dad, and My two kids swimming in there. And, you know, I just looked up over the mountains. And, man, the heavens declare the glory of God. And this is just me pulling my my phone out. I know people have done taking more majestic pictures and everything like that. But they're speaking to us. And I hope when you see things like that, that you feel God, that you're listening to Him, that you're thanking Him. Because have they heard Yes, their sound, the heavens, the sound of the heavens, uh, are in the, and their words are carrying to the ends of the world. Okay, And then he moves on to the next one in verse 19, and he says, But I say, did Israel not know? Did the Jewish people not know? And he says, first, Moses says. This would have been the biggest deal to those Jewish preachers back then. Saying Moses, now he, you know, they, they revered him above Jesus. They're like, oh, we, we believe in Moses. You know, not whatever you're teaching Jesus, but we believe what Moses says. But even Moses says, I will provoke you to jealousy by those who are not a nation. And he says, I will move you to anger by a foolish nation. And when you read the gospels, here's the fulfillment. They watch Jesus 
tell a man to stretch forth his hands. And they're thinking, well, it's Saturday, it's the Sabbath. You can't do stuff like that on that Saturday. Moses says you can't do stuff like that. And it's like, you're making, I'm making you angry because I'm helping people, because I'm healing people? What's the matter with you? And then think about it, guys. Moses said this would happen. Here I am healing people that you think I shouldn't because they're foreigners or because they're, they're not Jewish people. But look, Moses predicted it. He said, I'm going to move you to anger because these other nations are going to receive me. The Gentiles, me, you, they're going to receive me because I'm going to do this for all people. And then he goes on to say, but Isaiah is very bold. Okay, now, if the heavens don't hint at it, look, the heavens are there for all to see to the ends of the world. Everybody gets to see the evening sunset. It's for everybody. Are the heavens not telling you it's for everybody? He's not putting blinders on people that don't believe and just letting you see. He's letting everybody see the heavens proclaim the glory of God. And Moses is telling you that these other nations, these nations are going to receive me. You know, and Jesus even tells you that, listen, Naaman the leper, the foreigner, he's going he's gonna to be healed, you know, through Elijah the prophet, Elisha the prophet. So he's, the heavens, all these things are speaking to us. He says, but Isaiah, Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I was made manifest to those who did not ask for me. And I don't know about you, but this is my testimony. I mean, when I didn't care anything about him, somebody preached, they were sent, they brought the good news that he cares about me. I didn't know I was supposed to care about him. I didn't know that he loved me as much as they say so much that he would give his life on a cross for me. I was found... By those who did not seek me. He says, listen, Isaiah says, listen, people are going to find God that, that ain't even looking for Him. I was made manifest to those who did not ask for me. His presence was revealed to me at a time in my life where, when I was doing my own thing. I didn't care about His commands. I didn't care about His Word. I didn't know, I didn't know anything about the Bible. I, I think from my early days at the Methodist Church, I knew the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and we were supposed to go further than that, but I'm like, I don't know after that. I didn't try. But He made Himself manifest to me. When I wasn't asking for him. I mean, how great is this? I mean, here I am doing my own thing. And he's like, Adam, I love you too much to let you make your own decision. To let you go and live a life that you think is so great. I've got a better life for you. And when I finally submit to him, I say, Lord, will you, will you come into my heart? Will you come into my life? Will you begin to change me? Yes. He does. And then you read His Word and it starts to fill your heart and you don't even know how it happens, but He changes you. And then as years go by, you look back, Lord, I wouldn't be here now if you hadn't changed my heart. You made yourself manifest to me and I didn't even ask for you. You are amazing, God. You are amazing. All these things are working together for yours and my good. So Romans 10, I mean, 19 through 21, is that where I ended? Did I end with 21? But to Israel, he says, to Israel, to, to God's 
chosen people, and he's speaking to us even today. All day long, I've stretched out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. When I gave my life to him, that's what I was. I was a disobedient, contrary person, and somebody showed me him right there. For this is, this is literal. On a Friday, um, on a Friday, he took and he went to the cross at nine o'clock in the morning. He hung there for six hours. Three hours after they hung him, it got dark. It got dark because the father turned his face away for the first time ever from his son because there was sin on his son, not his sin but my sin and your sin and anybody who has ever called on the name of the Lord, that sin was just piled up upon him and piled up upon him for three hours. No wonder he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I hate this feeling. I've never been separated from you. And he gave up his life for me and for you all day long he stretches out his hand to a disobedient people i'm i'm not always obedient i'm going to tell you a story here in a little bit that i hate telling people but you know i get up here and i tell you some of the cool things that i do like when i was obedient to god and how wonderful that worked out but i've also got stories where i was disobedient to him and i didn't know what to do say so god i'm sorry what am i supposed to do with this i've sinned against you and he just there he is He's still stretching out his hands today saying, listen, I'll receive you. I will receive your forgiveness. If you ask me, I will restore you. He reveals himself to me. And so that's the question is, do you, do you love him? If you love him, you'll go out and you'll, you'll live a life so that it's on display for other people to see so that they want what you have. And in John chapter 21, verse 15, I'll go through these pretty quick because uh, I've got a really long sermon just on these verses. But I want you to notice just what he says here. When they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Do you love me? Yes, Lord. You know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. You know, and I think of lambs as as young Christians, people young in the faith be an example for them don't don't just quit peter don't go back to work and doing what you were used to do before you knew me come on feed the young christians feed the be an example for them come on and go to the next verse in 16 he said again simon do you love me do you love me yes lord you know i love you tend my sheep so the sheep, you know, are the older, I think more mature, you know, let's, let's tend to them, tend to their needs. Let's pray for one, one another. Let's help each other out. Let's do the best we can to be in this thing together and not pointing our fingers at other denominations saying, you're not doing it right, but we are. Let's, let's tend to each other. If you love me, let's do this. And then the last one, he said the third time, do you love me? Peter was grieved. Because he said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know my heart. You know what is inside of me. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Feed. And that really just spoke to me. Because, you know, here I am. I'm about to go back to my, my old school at Tomasi Salem. And I'm going to be a sixth grade teacher. 
And, you know, and I know there's going to be people at the Good News Clubs that accepted him. You know, why can't I go in there and feed the lambs? Why can't I go in there and be an example to just point them in the right direction so that my life is a reflection of him? And then here I am uh, tending sheep. We're the sheep of his pasture. So I get to come in here and I get to look after you and look after your spirits and feed you this word and hopefully put something inside of you that just makes you leave here wanting to study more, wanting to pray pray more, wanting to leave and hope that this evening that the clouds just break apart and you see that sunset and you feel God and you're like, oh Lord, thank you. The heavens really do declare your majesty. That's what I want for you. That's what I'm tending you and I'm feeding you through the word. You know, and I hope that through the week you're feeding yourself Monday through Saturday that you pick up this word and you study this and you spend time with him because that's what it takes to know him. If we say we love him, it's time to feed some lambs. Be an example to young believers. If we say we love him, it's time to take care of some sheep. Look out for one another. Don't be a silent lamb. We live in a time where it seems like everybody's faith is personal. You know, it's my faith. We keep it to ourselves. I don't want to have to talk to anybody about it. Yet there should be a standard across the board. Nobody should be more quick to forgive. Because didn't Jesus forgive us as soon as we asked for it? Nobody should be more quick to admit that they're wrong when they do wrong. Isn't that how we come to Christ in the first place at the cross? Lord, I'm a sinner. You don't come and say, well, I've made some mistakes in my life, Lord. Or, Lord, I know I'm not perfect. No, you say, Lord, I am a sinner and I need saving from my sin. Nobody should be more quick to, to forgive our enemies or be good to our enemies wasn't that what he did for me when I was his enemy? When I was doing everything that was opposed to him, he was good to me when I wasn't good to him. And all I'm saying is there should be a difference in the way a Christian looks to the world and living their daily lives and the way a person who does not know God lives theirs. And it was my problem for five years while I finished out my teenage years and early 20s is that I didn't look any different from the world. You know, I'd leave on Sunday from my, from my college dorm and I'd say, what are you doing? I'm going to church. Church? Why are you doing that? You know, and if I ever tried to tell them like Adam, you use the same words we use. You, you go out drinking just like we do. You go to the same parties we go to. You know, I mean, in their own way, they were saying, listen, you don't get to tell me about that because you're no different than me. I wasn't feeding lambs. I wasn't feeding sheep or tending to other Christians. I was doing my own thing and adding a little Jesus on top of it and thinking everything was okay, but that's not what he wanted. That's what silent lambs do. The lambs are silent. And I want to tell you, I'll end with this about uh, the time... This lamb was silent. And I hate telling the story. I've only, uh, I've only told it uh, a couple other times. But there was a time uh, about three years ago, and I believe this has been one of the most life-changing events for me. Because, uh, you know, like I said, I'm not saying go watch Silence of the Lambs. But probably the, the biggest scene in the movie was when uh, Clarice is talking to, to Hannibal. And 
he says, tell me what you used to hear, you know, when you were, when you were younger. You know, what did you, what was that sound? And, you know, and she immediately kind of gets freaked out about it and stuff. But she tells him, she says, I heard lambs screaming. And she goes on to tell the story that I went in and they were, it was a time of the spring slaughter. And the lambs would go from screaming to silent because they were being killed. They were being slaughtered. And she said, all I knew to do was run in there and I grabbed one of those lambs and I ran with it. And I wanted to save it. She said, but as I ran, it got so heavy. And I just ended up, I ended up stopping. And you know, he says, and they found you, didn't he? He said, yes. He said, and what happened? She said, they still took the lamb and they slaughtered it. And he said, and you think that by going out and solving this case and catching this killer, you think those screams are going to go away, don't you, Clarice? And you realize this is what, this is what she's doing. This is why she's working so hard because she wants to silence those screams of those lambs that she couldn't help. Well, three years ago, we were at a restaurant, me and my wife, my two kids, and I met a student that I had taught. Immediately, when I saw her, my spirit said, tell her, you got to tell her about me, okay? And, you know, I didn't right then, okay? But when I got home, you know, got onto Facebook, she friended me. I'm like, hey, man, this is great. I can, uh, I can just kind of tell her right here. You know, I can talk to her through Facebook, and I didn't. Okay, and I want to think either one week or two weeks went by and I didn't think about it. And all of a sudden, I started seeing, rest in peace, beautiful girl. And they started racking up. And I realized that this girl had died. And immediately, I, I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I thought I had time. I mean, why didn't, why didn't I tell? Why didn't I do it right then? And I still hear her. She's my screaming lamb, even to today. And I think something in me now, I don't mind when somebody, if the Lord says, Hey, you need to tell them about me. I'll just do it. I don't mind looking stupid anymore. I don't mind looking bad in front of her, embarrassing myself a little bit. And, and maybe this is why I want to get up here on Sundays and I want to pour my heart out and beg and plead with you to say, listen, you've got to, you've got to receive him. You've got to have a relationship with him. The, the heavens are declaring his glory. Love him, fall in love, tell as many people as as you can about him because there is a hell and people are going and the lambs are silent and nobody's telling him, telling people about this. And and I'm, and maybe something in me thinks that if I tell enough people, that if enough people get saved, that her scream will be silent. And I know, guys, that I'm not a hundred percent responsible for her salvation. She had parents, she had other people in her life, but I'm a hundred percent responsible for my part. And I have to stand here today and say, man, why didn't I tell her? Why didn't I just start the conversation? It would have been so easy, but my mind would just quickly just wander to other things and say, you've got time. I didn't have time. It was urgent. And I'm sitting here treating it like I've got years. This is not the time for the lambs to be silent. If there's somebody that you know you've got to tell them the gospel of truth, 
Do it. Don't worry about looking stupid. Don't worry about being embarrassed because in Revelation, there's a, there's a verse where it says that he wipes away every tear from every eye. And I was sitting there thinking, why is there crying in heaven to begin with? And I believe that as before, you know, we, we rest in eternity with the Lord, I think that we get to see these things about people standing before the Lord. And I think this girl is going to look at me and she's going to say, you knew about this? God even asked you to tell me about this and you didn't do it? Why? And what have I got? What am I going to say? I'm just going to say, yes, I knew. I'm sorry. And guys, every time I've turned, somebody has come and they've talked to me afterwards just in tears. And guys, there was one woman... She told me that God asked her and woke her up in the night and said, go tell this woman about me. She said it was so clear. She said, go save her from the fire. And she's thinking, hell fire. She's got to go get them saved or everything. But she rolls over. She goes back to sleep the next morning. The next morning they tell her that that house, very short after the Lord told her to go tell her, caught on fire. And that lady and her entire family burned in the fire. And this has been 30 years and she's still weeping over this. Why didn't I go tell them? And all I could do was just hug her and just receive forgiveness the best that we could. This is not the time for the lambs to be silent. And I want to end with this, and the band can go ahead and be um, setting up. Um, that last verse that I told you to, to put up here. Behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying in bed. These people brought their friend who was paralyzed to Jesus. And... I love this right here, and I, and I love when you see stuff like this. When Jesus saw whose faith? Not the faith of the paralytic. He's probably sitting there like, man, why are these dudes dragging me this far, man? But he said to the paralytic, when he saw their faith, son, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven. You may have lost relatives. You may have lost friends. You may have that person that you know needs to receive the Lord or return to the Lord. And you say, well, they just don't have faith. It does not matter when he sees your faith. And it will happen in his time, not yours. Your job is to forever be attempting to bring him Bring them to Jesus in whatever means possible. So guys, I feel like we need to do this as the band um, starts to play. Um, guys, I've got people in my life that I know need to hear the gospel. I know they need to hear the truth. And, um, you know, a while back we, we wrote those cards. And uh, I've already heard some stories of how God's really working in a couple of those people's lives already. And saying we did those cards a while back. But, I, but we're starting to see some of the fruit of God really working in their lives. So if you wrote a name on one of those cards, if you uh, have somebody that you say, man, they need the Lord, and Lord, I need you to give me the opportunity to tell them, and I need you to give me boldness to go out there and do it, then 
Let's just come and pray for that stuff. Let's pray for these, the, the lost. Let's pray for the people that are going to fill these empty seats one day. And um, let's just pour our hearts out um, to the Lord. Thank you guys for listening to me today.